I get a phone call and I say, Glenn Ray's towing, you know, it's my dad's towing company. I was running. I said, Glenn Ray's towing. And uh, he said, it was a, it was a vanilla ice. And he goes, he goes, Hey, Marty Ray. And I was like, how you doing, man? Good <laughs> race towing. And he was like, Hey man, I love that. I love that ice ice baby you did, man. And I was like, okay, appreciate that, man. How you doing? I said, what can, how can I help you? You know, I, I still didn't understand. Yeah. What the needed. And I was like, I told your car. I mean, what, what happened here? And he was like, Rob, you know, and I was, he says, Rob. And I yeah. was like, all right. <laughs> okay. How can I help you? <laughs> you know, I stood it because I didn't know his name was Rob Van Winkle. Right. That day, to be okay. honest. And uh, so then he said, it's, it's, it's vanilla ice. And then I was like, all right, sure. Because I have a lot of prankster friends and <laughs> turned out to really be vanilla ice. And he was, and he said, I want to bring you out to Miami and, and, Oh, you play with me on this I Love the 90s tour, and I believe that was the first one that they had done. And I said, all right, well, we're there. Hey, guys, today I want to tell you about an exciting app called Tiki that allows you to take back control of your data. Yes, they are the sponsor of today's show, and this is an amazing app. Look, did you know that companies made $382 billion, let me repeat that, billion dollars from your data last year? This app called Tiki allows you to choose what data you share with companies and how you can monetize it. You just link your accounts in the app and you get paid out. Tiki is completely free to use and is available worldwide so you can start earning from anywhere. Tiki is launching very soon and they have limited spots available for people to join. So make sure you go sign up today. Once you sign up, you'll be sent a link to download the app and start using it. They're going super fast and we'll be having weekly releases and adding new features as we speak. More than 30,000 people signed up, so make sure to join early. The link is also in the podcast description. You do not want to miss out on this. Marty, your husband, your father, lead singer for the Marty Ray Project, your actor, podcast host, much more, man. Thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. I appreciate you having me, brother. It's uh, like looking in a mirror, you know? Yeah, only I'm prettier. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> um, let's go back a bit. Where did you grow up, and in, in what was other like then for you? Well, I grew I, the. I only had a brother growing up. I had one oh, brother. Oh, gotcha. So I grew up with a brother, and we fought a lot and things like that. And but we had some good times too. And grew up after I actually became a teenager. That's when my dad got all the other children in there so ah gotcha okay yeah. yeah grew up across the bridge in arkansas oh gotcha okay nice nice and then you started writing songs like when you were like just 12 years old what was there a moment in your early years where it just clicked and you're like man this is what i'm called to do this is what i'm supposed to be doing no because like i like i tell everybody in a lot of interviews i just i was uh i, I was come out of the womb singing you know, so it wasn't that something I learned to do. I didn't know how. <laughs> I don't know if I do it right is what I say because I don't really know if I do it right. Probably, yeah. but uh, I started writing songs at 12 years old, and I remember my my brother's friend was playing the piano there in our living room, and I just started singing to it. And he goes, "Man, that's good. You need to write that down." And so we wrote it down. And I always say that if I had that song, I'd have a number one hit on my hands if I had it. I don't know where it is or even what it said, but uh, we, at the time, we really enjoyed it. Now, the reason I never really thought, hey, this is something I could do, a viable 
income or careers because my family were always kind of uh, realists. So they, they always said, that's a pipe dream. If there is, if that's a dream at all, it's a pipe dream and it's not really realistic. You, you can only really make a living with your hands, mm. working with your hands. So that's kind of how I was trained. And then we were all trained the same way in my town dream within your city limits. <laughs> you know what I mean, that's kind of how you were taught. Who, yep. who was that person that inspired you the most as a kid growing up? Well, I mean, I was inspired by some of my family members. It was, they were, they were playing in church and, and singing in church and they were writing songs and they inspired me and I wanted to do that. I wanted to sing in church, but they all, some of them always, some of them would say I wasn't good enough to sing. So I needed to learn how to play an instrument. If I was going to, if I was going to do anything at all, it better in music, I better learn how to play an instrument, but, as far as other artists, I grew up listening to Boys to Men, and uh, believe it or not, and I still still like them to this day. And yeah. Al Green, BB King, Mahalia Jackson. Listen to a lot of gospel music growing up. Still do. I got Mahalia Jackson hanging on my wall with BB. Come on. And, uh, but you know, the gospel singers inspired me the most, I believe. But later on, as I grew up, I think you know a little Leonard Skinner. There was uh, Charlie Daniels was in there. There was several. There's several people. You, saying one person would be impossible. Yeah. yeah. Wow. You know, I've been listening to your music for quite some time, man, and absolutely love your music, man. Love the the genre mixes that you have and things like that. And you wrote this song called "The Storm" with C.J. Wilder, man, and that song is so good. It's so powerful. How did that song come together? I mean, I I kind of understand where it came from, but like for those who haven't heard it yet, what's that song about, man? You know what's so weird is you just asked me about that song, and right when you right when you said C.J. Wilder, a text from C.J. pops up on my my computer. <laughs> that was very strange. Anyway, <laughs> he lost everything. He lost everything he had in his house and his cars and everything in that tornado that came through Nashville. So yeah. I was just driving down the road uh, after helping him, after helping him. Uh, you know, we, we, we were all, not just me, but a bunch of us were helping CJ get the stuff out of his torn down house and things like that. And we were, when I was headed home, I just started in my head. I was trying to think about what he was thinking about and what I would have been thinking about had it destroyed, had I been in a house trying to protect my children and my wife while a tornado was tearing my house down, you know? And then it was like, I just, driving down the road, I, like, I remember hearing all the noises, all the screams coming from the voices. And then they came like that. And the next time I was like, man, I like that. Yeah. And uh, I wrote the verse and chorus and sent it to CJ just in a voice memo. I said, you want to, uh, you want to write this with me? He goes, oh, I definitely do. So that's really how it came together. Just like that. Come on. Yeah. See, that's so awesome, man. And I think I read somewhere that at some point during your, your career, Sony had offered to sign you to a label. And and I don't know if I, it sounded like maybe you had turned it down at the time. It wasn't the right time. I, I'm a true believer in life happens for us, not to us. But what happened with that? Well, they didn't offer to sign me. They offered, they, I had a meeting with them. Okay. And I had a meeting with Sony a long time ago, early on in my career, when I thought I listened to them. I thought I listened. I thought, listen, again, another text come and I hear it and I read the word, listen, anyway, <laughs> I, I wish I could get this to where the text wouldn't show up on my computer screen. It's so annoying. Anyway, I had a meeting with them. 
And at the time, I had no fans. So I thought that I needed them is what mm. I was – I thought I needed a record deal. Yeah. Years I thought that. And then uh, when I met with them, they – the guy was kind of big dogging. And I had – all I had was an album out. I had one album that I had spent the last bit of my money making. And it was the EP. It was the very first EP that I'd done. It says on – on iTunes and places that it was released in 2015, but it really wasn't. It was released way before that. Hmm. I got in with some quote manager and things didn't go well. And I told them to pull it down and I was going to repost it myself because I never seen a dime from it. And I even tested them to see if they were showing me my money at all. And I ordered it myself several times, you know, just bought it myself. Yeah. They were actually reporting to me wow. and they won't. So I said, well, I, I know you're lying pull it down. And, uh, I said, I, I'm, I'm not even worried about getting the money because I ain't got, I ain't got time to go to court. Like I don't yep. mess with you. And, uh, I'm sure it wasn't that much money anyway. If it had been, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars, I would have, but I don't yep. think it was, but who knows? Maybe it was, maybe I'm sitting on a gold mine. I need to go assume. But anyway, yeah, Sony, yeah. Sony heard me perform and they called, they, they asked me to come to a, a meeting and I went and there was this guy and he was saying, your stuff's okay. It's, it's all right, but nobody will buy it. That's what he was saying. I said, and I was like, you know, how do how do you know? You're right. How, how do you know that? And he was like, well, I've been involved with this and, that and all these things. And I, and I was like, and I'm sitting there going, okay, well, what, how many songs did you say would make it, but they didn't make it what were number ones, but they weren't number ones. Like people only tell you their successes. They don't tell you their failures. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. like, but Timberland, who is a producer, you know who Timberland is? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. His book, one of the, one of the greatest quotes come from his book that I live, that I love and I have in my quote book. And he said, my, my failures are as vital to my process as my successes, mm. which is true. Yeah. My failure in not getting a record deal. Cause I met with Sony and then, Fast forward about three or four months, maybe six months later, I'm horrible, horrible with time frames. Then uh, I, I met with Average Joe's and found out that I did. I just, if it was, if I had to go through a record label, I wasn't going to do it. So it was either God had this for me to do, either God was going to prosper this, or it wasn't going to happen. So I just said I'll put music videos out and see what happens until it don't happen no more. And Come that's on. Man, it's so good, dude. And I love your cover of Vanilla Ice. And I got to see that guy play Ice Ice Baby uh, live at a, a conference I was at one time, man. He just seems like the coolest guy ever. And then you even got to play with him. Like, how was that experience? It was very cool. Um, yeah, he he called me. When he called me, you, you, as you, I don't know how long you've been a fan, but that, that song came out, seems like six, seven years ago now. I don't know yeah. how long it came out on the original on the original, not on the YouTube. People always look at the YouTube when I say that. The YouTube came later because my success started on Facebook, and I didn't even mess with YouTube. Right. So yeah. YouTube videos, the timestamp. Because then I'll say that, and people people go to my YouTube and go, "Well, it says here this date," and I'm like, "Yeah, but you got to realize I was only posting things to my personal Facebook because I my page didn't even exist <laughs> at the time." Yeah. But anyway, when that went viral. I had a bunch of people messaging me saying that they were best friends with vanilla ice. And I, I thought, sure. But at the time I ran a record service. So I was like, all right, well, 
if you want my number, here's my number. It's my, it's, it's a business number anyway. So it ain't like you can't get it. You're right. So anyway, so I give them my number and I give my number out to several people at that time. And lo and behold, a couple months, three months later, uh, I get a phone call and I say, Glenn Ray's towing, you know, it's my dad's towing company. I was running. I said, Glenn Ray's towing. And uh, he said, it was a, it was a vanilla ice. And he goes, he goes, Hey, Marty Ray. And I was like, how you doing, man? Good race towing. And he was like, hey, man, I love that. I love that ice ice baby you did, man. And I was like, okay, appreciate that, man. How you doing? I said, what can, how can I help you? You know, I, I still didn't understand yeah. what the person needed. And I was like, I told your car. I mean, what, what happened here? And he was like, it's Rob, you know? And I was, he says, Rob. And I was yeah. like, all right, <laughs> okay, how can I help? You know, I stood it because I didn't know his name was Rob Van Winkle right. until that day, to be okay. honest. And uh, so then he said, it's, it's, it's Vanilla Ice. And then I was like, all right, sure. Because I have a lot of prankster friends and it turned out to really be Vanilla Ice. And he was, and he said, I want to bring you out to Miami and, and oh, you play with me on this I Love the 90s tour. And I believe that was the first one that they had done. And I said, all right, well, we're there. We went to my, we went to, I say Miami, it's actually Boca Raton, yeah. but everybody yeah. says Miami. He even said it. So I'll say it too. Right. But yeah, super cool. He's a super, super cool fella. Yeah. Uh, we're friends still to this day. And uh, I'm glad that was a blessing for us to get to meet and become friends. And that's happened with a lot of people after that too. So, yeah, man. Hey guys, today I want to tell you about an exciting app called Tiki that allows you to take back control of your data. Yes, they are the sponsor of today's show, and this is an amazing app. Look, did you know that companies made $382 billion, let me repeat that, billion dollars from your data last year? This app called Tiki allows you to choose what data you share with companies and how you can monetize it. You just link your accounts in the app and you get paid out. Tiki is completely free to use and is available worldwide, so you can start earning from anywhere. Tiki is launching very soon, and they have limited spots available for people to join, so make sure you go sign up today. Once you sign up, you'll be sent a link to download the app and start using it. They're going super fast and we'll be having weekly releases and adding new features as we speak. More than 30,000 people signed up, so make sure to join early. The link is also in the podcast description. You do not want to miss out on this. And then this whole COVID thing comes and really knocks out the whole live music thing. And, it, you know, it's been tough for musicians, but you do live concerts on YouTube and Facebook every single month, man. How are those been going for you? Well, we were doing them every month, but we've been, I've been slacking off a little bit. I don't okay. think... In a cup in a month and a half, so I'm I really need to get one done this month for sure. Gotcha. Uh, and I I'm really hoping I can, but yeah, we want to do that every month. We we want to do, but I have that's how my career actually began and still is. It's online, so yeah. but I do need that. I do need to play. You know, I need I need those those shows too because that's how I make a living as well as online. Some people only make a living doing shows. Right. So it's really hard on them. It's wor way worse on them. But I was blessed. God blessed me with the ability to have fans all over the world. It's, it's almost a blessing and a curse in some ways. It's a blessing, of course, to have 1.2 million fans across the board, but they're spread out all over the world. That's a blessing. But it's actually a curse if you want to do a local concert. You know what right. I'm saying? Then you got to try to – 
get because you because you can't get that 1.2 million people to show up in in Nashville. You know what I'm saying? Right. It's it's a it's a battle sometimes just to not only to battle the algorithm to get the word out to the people that are in Nashville, but to hope that you have enough fans that are directly in Nashville that'll show up or anywhere else I go that for that matter, anywhere else. Cause we play all over the, the country. Right. Yeah. Got to come out to Idaho. <laughs> now that I, now that you know, someone out here, <laughs> find, us, find us a place to play out there and tell them, to bring us in. Come on. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, what are you most excited about right now here heading into 2021? What am I most excited about right now? I'm excited mainly right now, to be honest with you, about the album that's coming out in my podcast. I have a podcast as well. Yeah, so, love your podcast, man. It's uh, the Marty Ray Project Chats, right? Marty Ray Project Chats, yeah. It's, it's Chris Wallen and I. And Chris is actually a hit songwriter. He wrote Don't Blink and uh, something to be proud of. Um, amongst a myriad of other songs, I just always call it those two because they're probably my favorites, you know. Yeah. But uh, – and they were number ones, I, so that, that helps as well. He's had, I think, three number ones. But wow. yeah, we just talked to we just it's just two entertainers talking to other entertainers, and and we ask sometimes we ask questions that other people ain't gonna ask. Sometimes we just we just talk and and chat with these people and, and try to get information out of them that you otherwise wouldn't get maybe if we can. And if yep. we can't, then you're just a fly on the wall in the conversation. That's kind of what it is. But I'm excited about that. I'm having fun. Nice. doing that podcast and I'm having fun recording the the rest of the, getting the rest of the songs finished for this album that should have been out two years ago, but okay. we'll be out this year for sure. Nice. Yeah. I uh, works. I'm totally excited about the new album, man. been, uh, I have both of your albums on my iTunes list, man. And then been jamming to your, your YouTube videos for sure, man, for a long time. But, uh, why did it kind of shift to some fun questions? I mean, when you're not playing music, which is probably the majority of your time, but what are you doing for fun, man? For fun, well, you know, I just like to mainly, well, one thing, as you can tell by looking at me, I like to do for fun is eat. Okay. <laughs> I love to eat, and that's, that's an unfortunate thing. As somebody said the other day they had lost their taste buds or their, their sense of taste or something. I was like, that would be a blessing and a curse for me. That'd be a, that'd be a blessing because I would just, I, whatever's healthy, just bring it to me. You know, if it, I, don't, I don't taste it anyway. Yeah also be very depressed that i couldn't taste tacos and pizza again right yeah that would suck but uh yeah for fun though i mean we like to we go out to eat and we we as a family i have two two daughters and uh we my, my daughters and my wife and i we watch movies we we play board games believe it or not we still play board games nice yeah but, yeah so just anything that involves me and my family and I'm I'm down to do it. That's my funnest times. Yeah. Uh, the, the first live concert that I ever went to was Richard Marks. Uh, what was the first live concert that you remember, man? The first live concert I ever went to was the very concert that turned me on to country music. Cause I know I didn't like country music at all. Okay. Growing up, I, growing up, I, like I said, I listened to R and B and uh, uh, gospel and I listened to a little bit of, uh, of, uh, blues. Okay. So my parents listened to country or my mother listened to a lot of country. My dad didn't really listen to a whole lot of music, but my, my mother listened to a lot of country. So I, you know, I didn't like it because of that. It was, that was old people music to me. And, uh, then my mom took us to, when I was 12 years old, took us to a Garth Brooks concert 
at the pyramid in Memphis. And when I went to that concert and saw Garth Brooks like swinging on ropes and bashing guitars together and ring of fire around the stage and things like that, I thought, wow, this is, uh, this is something else. This is more than just country. Maybe I should give this country a little shot. And I started listening to Garth Brooks and I really fell in love with a lot of his songs, the actual, the writing of them, the writing. I think, I think Garth Brooks, was the first person to make me fall in love with the actual lyrics of a song right. of a song like with thunder rose and unanswered prayers and things like that. Every song he has is this epic story, you know, and I started really falling in love because before that I was just listening to the song and the melody. And I always listen to lyrics because I always wanted to learn the song, but I didn't really, I wasn't really uh, intrigued by all the other stories all the time until Garth Brooks told the stories in, in the way that he did. And then I started wanting to do the same thing. So yeah, after that, that's when I started listening to some of the older guys because of Garth, I started listening to Hank senior and Hank jr. And, and Charlie Daniels and all these people. And, and I really took a liking to all of it. So yeah. now like almost all music, I think I like it. Any, there's something I'm going to like from everything outside of maybe death metal you know i probably don't like any of that i don't think i've i've never to this day heard any of that screaming puke music or whatever they call it <laughs> actually enjoyed you know and i'm not i'm just saying i haven't enjoyed it yeah oh oh that's i'm a big fan of garth too man love his love his music actually the first country concert i ever went to was kenny chesney and it was unbelievable to see that guy and that was like back in oh uh, like 2000 and uh probably nine or something like that. It was probably one of the, the best concerts I've ever been to by far. Wow. Kenny Chesney. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's who sings don't blink. Right. Yeah. That's just one of the songs Chris wrote. Yeah. 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 That was an unbelievable concert, man. It was absolutely. And I, I won tickets to it and I was like, Oh man, I'm going to, Oh, it's free. I'll go to a country concert. Cause I was kind of this rocker guy. And man, after that concert, I'm all for like, country and I'm, I'm a pretty good mix now but i i definitely opened my eyes to all the country music out there isn't that something man yeah it was unbelievable absolutely like i mean i've been to a ton of rock shows right but he put on a like performance man it was awesome it just like blew my mind for sure what's the biggest rock show you've been to i saw lincoln park uh at the stadium where the seattle seahawks play it was about thirty thousand people yeah. um Biggest one that I saw probably outside of that that was Rage Against the Machine back in 1999 with 20,000 people at a outdoor venue out in Washington State, man. I was a fan of Rage. Yeah. Back, well, that one album at least. Killing in the name of. Totally. <laughs> yeah. That was a rocking album there. Man, it was a wild concert. They it was in a real tiny town called George Washington, and it's at an outdoor amphitheater called the Gorge. And they almost canceled the concert. Like it went to the local court and they're like, dude, these guys are going to start riots. We can't have a concert. And so they came to this conclusion, like, okay, you guys just have to have extra security there for this concert to go on. So we go there and it's like, not your typical guys who are out there, like the parking guys. These guys are like having AKs on their chest and they're like directing traffic into the venue. And then you get down to the stage and it's like shoulder to shoulder police officers in front of the stage. It was just wild. And then, um, funny because rage is like, you know, they're very political, right? They're, they're very like against like police and 
and uh, and government and stuff. So it's very funny to hear that. It was interesting. And, uh, you know, the, the band, the roots opened up for him, which was really cool, uh, back in the day. And oh, man, it was unbelievable. But when root, uh, when rage came out, the lights go out and everyone's going crazy and they opened up with F the police and the crowd just went nuts. And I'm sure every police officer right there standing in front just was like, what the heck's going on? You know, yeah. just to play with Jimmy Fallon. Yeah. Oh, okay. I yeah. didn't know they were playing that long. Man, they were supposed to, it was supposed to be uh, Wu-Tang Clan that was supposed to open up for them. Right. And then something happened with like ODB got in trouble or something like that a few days before. And the Roots stepped in last minute and, and ended up opening for them. Wow. That's yeah. cool. Yeah. And the, I was enthralled by the, the drummer. I forget his name now. Did like this 20-minute solo, man. Just amazing back there on the drums. Yeah. I remember the lead singer left and I think they tried to keep the band going, but that wasn't going to work right yeah back together now so you'll get another chance at george washington over there yeah for sure man one last question for you always the fun one to ask but if you could jump into a pool of anything what would it be a pool of anything do i get to keep what i jump into for sure <laughs> pool of money yeah oh <laughs> me too <laughs> man you know what i mean oh totally Lord, Lord. there you go Oh, that's awesome, man. Uh, Marty, it's such an honor to have you on my show, man. This is so good. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing your story, man. And unbelievable, man. You are a world changer, man. Thank you so much for taking the time. I appreciate you having me, man. Anybody that wants to have get more information about shows and merchandise and what, go to martyrayproject.com and you can join the mailing list right there or get merch right there. And also, don't forget to check out our podcast, the Marty Ray Project Chats and Rate and review that and rate and review this one because this is an amazing podcast as well, whoever's listening. Because that helps, don't it? Absolutely. Thank you so much for watching the show today. I appreciate it. If you could, please leave a rating and review on our Apple podcast. The link is down below. That helps us get our message out, get the show out, helps us get ranked out there on the Apple podcast. Also, leave a comment below, man. I'd love to know what part of this show made the most impact on you. I respond to every comment on there. And please share this video, whether you're watching on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Please share it out. We want to make sure that we impact as many people as we can with the guests that come on my show and highlight those guests and what they've got going on and they're changing the world. So thank you so much for the time. So appreciate it. Have an awesome day.